Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets FX Week Ahead podcast with Lee Hardman, Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG. It's Friday 28th July 2023 and joining Lee to post some questions on the financial market themes for the week ahead is Seiko Katayoka Fisher, Vice President, Japanese Customer Sales at MUFG. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi, Lee. Hi, Seiko. Uh, it's been a busy few days for Central Bank updates. What are your thoughts on the BOJ's policy update today? And how do you think it will impact the game going forward? Yes, Seiko, we've obviously had a uh, policy announcement overnight from the BOJ. And in line with our own expectations, our analysts in Tokyo had been looking for the BOJ to adjust their yield curve control policy settings. And that's what we got overnight with the BOJ um, signaling that they're going to uh, move to a more kind of flexible uh, approach to yield curve control going forward. Uh, in effect, that, that means that they're now going to allow the 10-year JJV yield to rise above half a percent and potentially rise as, as high as, as, as 1%. So allowing uh, yields in Japan to, to move somewhat higher at the longer end of, of the curve. Um, we've already seen the 10-year JJV yield hit a fresh high today of 0.58%. And we do think there's room there for, for yields to keep going higher in, in, in the near term. Um, in terms of the FX market reaction, I think initially it did trigger uh, a move higher for the yen. We saw dollar yen uh, drop down towards the 138 level, but that initial move higher has has quickly uh, lost upward momentum, and we've seen dollar yen back up towards the uh, the 140 level. Um, to us, we think that kind of lack of follow through yen strength uh, reflects in part uh what the boj tried to do in terms of their their guidance so if you look at their latest inflation forecasts um they still show inflation undershooting uh their target um in the coming years so they're still not convinced that inflation can be sustained at their two percent target so the, the, the main message there from the boj to uh, market participants is that they're not yet at the stage where they feel they need to tighten monetary policy through raising interest rates and removing negative rates in Japan. So what the BOJ's done is try to kind of separate today's decision to uh, adjust yield curve control and allow more flexibility there from future decisions to potentially raise interest rates further down the road. Uh, we think that decision to raise rates is probably still more a story for, for next year. Um, we need to see more evidence of, of inflation proving more sticky in Japan and wage growth picking up. And we think at that point in time, the BOJ would become more confident to start signaling that rates need to move higher as well in, in Japan. Um, so I think in the very short term, the fact that they're emphasizing that they're not in any rush to raise rates right now, that's obviously helping to put a bit of a damper on the potential for Japanese yields to move higher from here and also for the yen to, to rally on a, a more sustained basis. It doesn't change our view significantly, though we still feel over the next six to 12 months that the yen is going to strengthen and we're looking for the dollar yen to drop back towards the uh, the 130 level or, or just below over that period. 
The ECB and the Fed also updated the policy this week. What were the main takeaways? Do you expect a similar message from the Bank of England in the week ahead? Yeah, I think the ECB and the Fed meeting, the main kind of takeaway message was very similar in that I think both the ECB and the Fed both signaled that they're becoming more comfortable that they've raised rates sufficiently at this point in time um, and that the room for them to to raise rates much higher from here is, is more limited. In fact, we believe still that the hikes we saw this week from the ECB and the Fed, we think those could be the last hikes uh, in the tightening cycles for, for both major central banks. That's based on our view that certainly in the US, we see more evidence building of slowing inflation pressure. And if that continues in the coming months, then we'd expect the Fed to uh, signal more clearly that they're pausing their hiking cycle, uh, either at the Jackson Hole Symposium towards the end of August or at the September FOMC meeting. And I think for the ECB, um, while I think core inflation and wage data may continue to remain uncomfortably strong in the coming months, um, the messaging from Lagarde in the press conference did suggest that there'd need to be a a significant kind of upside surprise to to that data to force the ECB into another hike. I think the base case at this point seems to be more that they've raised rates sufficiently and that they don't need to raise rates necessarily uh, higher from here. So. I think there's certainly a comfort there that both central banks rates in, in Europe and in the US are now kind of peaking peaking out. Um, that's obviously had a fairly kind of neutral impact on euro dollar. I think the bigger impact was after the ECB meetings. I think it was more of a surprise that they signaled that they were comfortable with, with the current level of, of rates now. Um, that did pull euro dollar down back towards the, the 110, 110 level and, and just below. Um, and I think this is an imp- kind of important support level for euro dollar um obviously if we look at euro dollar price action throughout this year it's been trading between 105 and 110 and really only just through the early part of this month we we saw it trying to break to the upside um so if we can hold this 110 level um then we still feel there is room for for euro dollar to continue to kind of gradually move higher from here through the rest of this year not really driven by the stronger euro leg it's more reflecting our view that we feel there's still room for the dollar to weaken uh, more broadly uh, on the back of weaker inflation data in the us and the fed ultimately ending their hiking cycle um, and i think the combination of that and, and the us economy heading towards more of a soft landing scenario we think that's that's favorable uh, for, for, for dollar weakness going going forward still and then finally, obviously, in the week ahead, the, the next focus will be the Bank of England policy update. Uh, on that side of things, we think the Bank of England will kind of stand out still compared to other major central banks as being more hawkish. Um, obviously, the inflation outlook in the UK is still more more troubling, uh, although we, clearly the, the latest inflation report uh, did surprise to the downside for the first time in, in quite a number of months. So while that might give the Bank of England uh, more confidence that they don't need to raise rates again by 50 basis points uh, next week. We think a 25 basis point hike now looks more reasonable. But even if they do hike by 25 basis points, we still think the message from the Bank of England will be uh, hawkish, uh, signaling uh, concern over uh, persistent inflation risks in, in the UK. So I think for the pound, with the Bank of England still likely to keep raising rates, 
after the ECB and, and the Fed have, have ended their hiking cycles. Short term wise, I still think that supports a stronger pound uh, unless we start to see uh, clearer evidence that the uh, UK economy has been uh, negatively impacted by, by higher rates. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you, Seiko. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales reps for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.